why, but you don't know how you're going to act on Sunrise until you're on Sunrise. <laughs> Everyone talks about that. It's very relatable. Yeah. Everyone thinks about like the delay between the studio and on site. You're like, I'm going to yeah. beat that delay, but then you just don't. <laughs> you still that awkward gap. I mess up the delay in the middle of the interview. Yeah, which yeah. She, she had like a joke that she tried to give to you with, like yeah. a little lob. And, you and I was just... like, oh, I've lost it. I'm yeah. off. I'm going down. But yeah, you know, for the listeners, when you're on Sunrise and everyone gets their shot on yeah. Sunrise, you don't know how you're going to act and you kind of go super sane, you know? <laughs> to the Sharehouse podcast. It's a place to air gripes, find compromise, but it's also the ultimate guide to Sharehouse living. And today we're joined by the funniest comedian on the planet. Wow. That's by your <laughs> that's, words. That's you. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> Just came off the Fergalicious tour on the M- the, the Melbourne International Comic Festival. Well, I'm killing this intro. You're doing great, man. I'm glad I put you in this seat for this one. Just came off the Fergalicious tour at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Has an illustrious podcast with big guests. And stands at above six foot tall. <laughs> That's intimidating. <laughs> Fergus Neil, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm loving this share house. It's a cool vibe. Yeah, I was wondering, because you're, we'll get to it in a moment, yeah. but I don't know whether you stand on the side of liking share housing or not. So I was mm. actually scared to have you in my home. And then we're going to call things out and be like, hey man, recycle bin's a bit full. What's <laughs> like, that statue of Jesus yeah. doing? There's a bloody Bikram's house. Like, it feels like it could be a yogi center. You know, Hell you've got the yeah. map on the wall, which is cool. Is that like you've traveled to whatever continent that is? That's my housemate's map. And I think he's just, I don't know if he's ever actually been to South America. <laughs> There's a map over there that's of Melbourne and he's plotted out the nearest Bunnings within a five kilometer radius because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it really is well nice, traveled. Nice quirky touches from everyone who lives here. <laughs> and the po- you don't live here, Joel, do you? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. So how'd you I guys? Might as well. How'd you guys start this? Like we. <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> you guys uh, don't live in the same share house. No, we both kind of moved out around the same time. And we were yeah. both experiencing kind of the share house experience at the mm, same yeah. time. So it came together on that front, I think. We're the least educated guys to run a podcast about yeah, share housing. Full disclosure. No one else is doing it. So <laughs> yeah. you guys are, are still living at home. <laughs> You're technically still sharing a home. I pay rent here but sleep at mum's just down the road. Yeah, just your parents are in the next room. Like, look at the boys on the little podcast thing. I'm not in mum's basement. Mum's in my basement. <laughs> now, recently, you were on Sunrise discussing yes. share house living with yes. K Dog Kosh, who's just recently retired, which is sad, sad news to yeah. Australia. R.I.P. There's a quote from the show that I want to start the podcast mm. off with by Leo Patterson that said. He said, it is also true that share housing can be fun and rewarding experience to which you scoffed immediately. <laughs> it's also true that share housing can be a really rewarding, fun, great experience. Yeah, Fergus, you're shaking your head there as Leo just spoke. Shaking your head about share housing being a great experience? No, share housing isn't a great experience. Yeah, yeah that was bad. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but you don't know how you're going to act on Sunrise until you're on Sunrise. <laughs> Everyone talks about that. It's very relatable. Yeah. Everyone thinks about like the delay between the studio and on site you're like I'm yeah. gonna beat that delay but then you just don't yeah. <laughs> still that awkward gap. I mess up the delay in the middle of the interview yeah which yeah. She, she had like a joke that she tried to give to you with yeah. like a little lob and, you and I was just... like oh I've lost it I'm yeah. off yeah. I'm going down but yeah you know for the listeners when you're on sunrise and everyone gets their shot on yeah. sunrise you don't know how you're gonna act and you kind of go super sane you know <laughs> <laughs> you kind of level up like before I, they said we'll meet you in the the 
the car park across the road yeah. from your house. So it wasn't even my car park. It was right. like a random car park of like a library. <laughs> and so we were there at like 7.45. So I went to the IGN. I got like a big V energy drink and I had my sunglasses and I rocked up to the cameraman. Perfect. And the cameraman was just a freelancer. No idea who I was or like really yeah. anything that was going on. Yeah. And so I was wearing my sunglasses initially because I'm, I'm just going to go on sunrise with the sunglasses, drinking a V. I had my vape that I just looked- Corey Worthington uh, style. Yeah, I like and also I was wrecked. Like it was 6.45. Which, yeah, yeah. You know, something scheduled that early I just give up on that stuff it's, <laughs> like it's not gonna go well if it's before a certain time and I had the sunglasses on and the producer was like you gotta take the sunglasses off oh bummer for some reason I had lied and said I have epilepsy <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I've never even thought about that. And I'm like, the bright lights are kind of passing me out. And, yeah. and then the, the camera guy was looking at me that. And then the producer's like, can you make it five minutes? And another producer I could hear in my ear was like, we've got 30 seconds. So I take my sunglasses, I put on my head. So I go on air with Koshi, with the producer thinking this comedian might have an epileptic yeah. <laughs> on my That's air. so bad. So everything and in my ear, they were talking to me while I was going. Yeah. Where before, they're like, you're speaking on behalf of all renters in the country something like they're like four million people that like they're really like gearing me up yeah like it's like a coach's speech like in my ear you are our voice out there the you know? Like, yeah, they're really, and i was like on v yeah. I was like, you know, like, i'm not the guy you know what i mean like, I'm, not, I'm not your guy i'm not gonna be the one who saves the rental crisis you know what i mean the poster boy yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it says on v like it's drugs <laughs> So did they approach you to go on? Or sorry if I missed yeah, a detail on how did you how did you get that'd into this? That'd be so sick if I messaged them. I was like, yeah, I'm your guy. DMing Sunrise. I'm your guy for breakfast TV. Turns out 30 seconds on. before I'm not your guy. This will be the first time I've been awake since before midday all year. I was like, I have epilepsy. What happened is they messaged me the night before. Oh, yeah. Wow, just a DM. They saw one of my TikTok. I think I had a video on the rental crisis, which I kind of like. I tried new videos where it was like funny, but then also has some information in it. Yeah. And I think it did well. Got like whatever views. It did enough to get Koshi's attention, honestly. <laughs> As they messaged me, like, can you come on Sunrise tomorrow? And I kind of thought it was a prank. And then I looked at, you know, when you look at someone's profile, yeah. you're like, oh no, they're legit, they're legit. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, it's going to be at 6am tomorrow, wake up at five for just like a talk through with the producers. And yeah. so I wake up at five and then all this stuff happens. And uh, then I'm on air, kind yeah, of, you yeah, know, yeah. nicotined up, energy drink up. I felt so good for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. It sets your day up, honestly. When you're on Sunrise, <laughs> you have such a better day yeah. for the rest of the day. Like all your family, like my family doesn't care if a TikTok goes viral, yeah. but if you're on Sunrise, it's like, this is huge for the family. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if you're an actor, it's like going on Neighbours is like yes. that, that Australian yeah. badge of approval, but yeah. like being a public figure, yeah. Sunrise, yeah. that's mom, the one. Mum was never more proud of me than when we were sitting in the lounge room and my rerun of Millionaire Hot Seat yeah. came on and she saw me winking at the camera's Mikey D's on screen. She was just, she grabbed me, she's like, it's my boy. <laughs> Mainstream TV hits so hard with the boobers. It does. Oh, yeah. The viewership is so low. Like, mm. the one TikTok that blows yeah. up will get more than they'll get in a yeah. night. But I tell you what, it's disparate. Like, getting mm. a TikTok that goes viral, it's like it dis the viewership is dissipated. With Sunrise, yeah. it's like 500,000 old people. So true. Like, that day I got recognized from Sunrise from older people. Yeah, good They're like, point. you're on Sunrise. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Like, it's, you know, whereas yeah. TikTok, sometimes people are like, 
you're that fucking TikTok mother. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not yeah. as nice. No. The sunrise recognition. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying to get back on if I'm being honest. Like, <laughs> you're like a local celebrity now. It's, it's sunrise. Is, it's a different feeling, you know? Mm. And I speak to, like, um, our friends, like, like Ruben and, and Radio Mike, and, like, I'm starting calling them alt media. <laughs> Like here on mainstream media, yeah, we're the real ones. Ruben, you might have almost a million cumulatively, but I was on. Yeah, Sunrise. On Sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're tapping a completely different demographic. Like so, nobody who saw you on Sunrise knows who Ruben is. No, like, <laughs> and I kind of like those different like algorithms of Australia. You know? Yeah, gotcha. And it was kind of annoying Ruben a little bit. I reckon when I'm like, yeah, I'm on the mainstream TV. He was a little bit like, you know, because no matter what he does in a way, yeah, you can only get on there if you're invited to get on there. You I know? get intrigued by this because Arnie Donna spoke about that mm. for the majority of the start of their career of big media doesn't want us Australia doesn't want us <laughs> yeah. and now that they're wanted they're on ABC yeah but I thought you've got millions of views online which is just overshadowing anything comedically that goes live to air in Australia yes why do you want that it's interesting. I think there's something like because we grew up with like Rove, you yeah. know. Yeah. Thank God you're here. We like sneak it, in taping Rove behind my parents' back because I wanted to watch it, but it was too adult for <laughs> a little child. And it was an amazing show. Like Rove yeah. had Gordon Ramsay on, and like like I, I'm pretty sure Prince Harry was on at one time. Yeah, it's like they're right. actually like for Australia. It's like this is a huge show. So that was that like one late night show. Yes, and they had yeah. Good News Week, and yeah. Hamish yeah. and Andy were coming up. Then it's like yeah. I reckon if you're in your twenties now, you kind of remember that golden age of Australian comedy. Yeah. So I reckon even Auntie Donna would have that where it's like there's True. something about being on TV where it's a little bit nostalgic as well. Mm. Yeah. I didn't have that with Sunrise because I've never watched Sunrise in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought like when I was on, I didn't know that I'd just be getting the audio feed. I thought they would give oh. me a video. But so you're looking into the, I'm looking into the cameraman's face who doesn't believe in me. Like he never believed in me the whole time. He's like, what are you going to talk about? I'm like, oh, it's like um, Philip Lowe, the rental crisis. Yeah. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. And he's like doing the camera and stuff. On edge, mate. You think he, was he thought you were about, about to me, seize yeah. at any moment if there was like the sun came out of the clouds, you were just gonna collapse. Well, imagine turning up to like a random car park and seeing a dude walk over in like a hoodie and like sunglasses yeah. on and a V energy drink, just like, Are we good to go? It's like, he asked me my full name, he's like, Are you Fergus Neil? Just like yeah. clarify. Yeah. I wasn't some drunk, yeah. I'm Fergie Ferg, brother. What's going on? Nice Can I see him? <laughs> he thought you were a staunch lad. <laughs> It was fun though. Yeah, I want to get on all this. I want to get like on the Today Show. I want to try yeah. and do all breakfast TV. The morning circuit. Yeah, yeah. They're worried about me because originally it was just going to be me, and then like, oh. now nah, we're going to split screen you with uh, the the union dude for the Leo. tenants union, Leo. Yeah, and yeah. I've got to reach out to Leo and apologize. No, I think <laughs> I really took I his airtime. <laughs> I think he took right. too much of yours. That was my because we the quote here. It is also true that share housing can be a fun and rewarding experience. You didn't seem to agree with it. I would love mm. to die. Dive in on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this is yeah. the share house pod hosted by two guys who live at home, but I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true! <laughs> We're getting called out. Can I have a clock in the background so you can't edit me? <laughs> <laughs> no. There was one there before. Now, now it's the Grand Prix. <laughs> Do you like. You live in a share house? Yes. But Do I'm you- in a minimal share house with just me and another. A guy. Okay. I've lived in big share houses before. I've lived in a six person's my biggest. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Six is big. 
That's too many. That's, that's too many. Yeah, you need, like, I mean, multiple yeah. kitchens at that point. Like, yeah, is that yeah. a two fridge? <laughs> <laughs> I think we did have a two fridge at one point because like that's an nice. outdoor fridge and an indoor fridge. Yeah, you need it. We were struggling with one. There's yeah, two of us here. This is down in Geelong as well, so okay, it was just so like times are tough down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the coal mine town of Australia. The that's not the hill I want to die on. If I'm gonna die on a hill, it's not that Geelong sucks. Geelong's fine. Great neighborhood. It's coming yeah, up. I mean, nothing more to say about that. <laughs> Go to the cats. Yeah, That'll get him back on side. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Geelong. Yeah, Gary Ablett's great. Uh, <laughs> sorry, please continue. Well, his, like, I feel like Shea House experiences also, they're very varied. You yeah. know, your listeners will know sure. that. That's, mm. Like, my experience now with one person is so different to being in, like, yeah. that big Shea House. You know, gotcha. like, in that big Shea House, we had, like, kind of every person on Fairy Floss. You yeah. know, like, yeah. we had a yoga couple. And then we had like mm. one guy who was like a party animal yeah. and the yoga couple would go to bed at nine o'clock. And that was when like the priest was starting for the party guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, so gotcha. we have like house meetings where we'd have like an AGM for the house. And it was just like people like written material like this of like griefs and gripes that they had in wow. the past. Where they're like, I had like um, Vipassana at 7am and you were coming <laughs> home, you woke me up. And like, there was a lot of, when people's personalities clash in a house. Yeah. It's it's like Carl Sevenovic and Koshy living in the one house. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like one's a party animal, one's like a family man. Yeah. It's not gonna work. Yeah. You know? You need your values. We talked about that. Yes. That yes. They have to align. How did you get into that situation where such clashing personalities ended up in the same home? Well, Why did the yogi people accept that? Well, yeah. It's all my, my it was my fault because I moved into the house. It was at the start okay. of Melbourne lockdown. I'm, I'm just gonna go back to, you know, Geelong area. Yeah, Detroit. It was a bit more chilled out without getting political. And then I <laughs> <laughs> and then the cop really That's didn't. So <laughs> <really cool. laughs> Can you calm it down? <laughs> I started sweating. Yeah, screw big farmer. Right? I love the police because the, the, I knew the local police officer from that suburb as well. I won't say the okay. suburb, but like he was my friend's dad went to the school, so like he I don't know if you went to Woolworths three times in a day, he wasn't you know yeah. booking you. But I was down there, and so I moved into the share house, and with one other guy, we're in like a massive share house. Yeah, and uh, he got a, a drink <laughs> a drink driving charge, so he lost. His his uh, license and he was a plumber so he's like I'm moving to WA because I can whatever go back to my family and stuff Right. so I was in this house by myself so I was in charge of bringing people into the house and I didn't vet enough <laughs> and I brought in like five people because I'm like let's get this cheap so I was like the, I was the genesis of this terrible situation where it's like uh, yeah, I had like a whiteboard of names and I'm yeah, like, all right, we yeah. got the yoga couple. We've got like... <laughs> You're just trying to get bingo? Rather than, <laughs> rather than like just aligning a good group of people? It kind of was like celebrity heads. I was like, <laughs> maybe, like, I was orchestrating what the house would feel like and what it would be like. Sure. You don't really get that opportunity much to start from scratch. Yeah. No, you don't. Well, I had this great house and I was in by myself yeah. for like two weeks and I'm like, all right, let's build something here and let's make this... It's the Noah's Ark. Yeah. <laughs> and the best thing is well I was in this room that was on the second floor yeah. well I had the second floor okay. and so whoever oh. was in the share house the longest got to be on the second floor Right. so I was on the second floor and they were all downstairs kind of like squabbling with one another yeah. I had my own bathroom I had an ensuite oh no so good yeah. and cheap as well because it's in Geelong so it didn't yeah. really matter what their routines or what their kind of habits were you just had your own little ivory tower yes. up there yeah. in a way some could say that they would always joke about like this is the big brother house and I was big brother because I'd orchestrated yeah. these clashes personalities and they were always bickering and I was up there just like <laughs> kind of witnessing it but you never running, being involved yeah. you were and screens, yeah. like. <laughs> I was kind of like no I was a witness to it but I was yeah. never involved 
involved because they yeah. were fighting about the bathroom and there was always <laughs> a little bit of chatter about them using my bathroom and I'm yeah. like I've never had an ensuite in my life and I never will again <laughs> And you're not Ooh. taking a shit on my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got everything the way I want. The toilet seat is at my temperature. <laughs> no. I can't yeah. go back to sharing. I'm wondering why tough. they why all of they them agreed to move in despite like did they do any vetting or were they just like, oh sick, cool house, we'll move in. Well that's sure. part of the benefit of the rental crisis, I think, is that <laughs> <laughs> People have talked about this enough. During the rental crisis, there has been some positives. <laughs> Go on. One of the positives is if you start a share house and you get to interview people who want to be in the share house, yeah. it's like they go harder for a house than a job. So they're yeah. really putting themselves forward and you get to orchestrate the ultimate manner. You know, you get to make this house beautiful. And, you know, you kind of like, look, what can you bring to the house? What can you... It's a power trip. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be a horrific landlord. Uh, <laughs> I can tell. Don't you think our rental generation, like when we become landlords, I think we're going to be like, well, we had to live through this rental market. So now you're going to live through... Well, that seems to be how it goes, right? You mm. get bitter about what you lived through. So you want someone else to live through it worse. Like our parents are like, oh, you think you had it tough? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So much of that comes all the way around. We're going to be... Yeah, the worst landlords, you know, and it's going to be in terrible areas as well because that's all yeah. we can buy. Just kidding, say, you're assuming we're going to be landlords. I'm lucky if I can buy a home in Diggers Rest. Yeah. <laughs> you want my apartment on the eighth floor in Belgrade? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be sixteen hundred a week, bro. Like, am I the first guest to come on to be pro landlord? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I thought this was a landlord pod. <laughs> We're oh. actually just realtors <laughs> talking about how hot the market is right now. <laughs> how to exploit young people at 101. But well, I think this is a fun topic for the episode. Like when you're in the position of building a share house, it is that yeah. kind of power trip. And you can, like, it sounds like you've you really screwed up a lot of lives in the process. <laughs> no, they, they enjoyed the house. They loved it. We had a skate ramp in the back of our house. We had like oh, a, a massive skate ramp. We filmed videos on it as well, where like the previous occupant of the house, he was a skateboarder. Um, surprise, surprise, a skateboarder got a DUI lost <laughs> his license. Oh, hey, man, that's not cool. Skateboarder's chill. Yeah, Calabunga, dude. He had to skateboard. <laughs> Back to WA. How did that? <laughs> Across the Nullarbor. Get over ditch. <laughs> the Marty McFly in the back yeah. of all the cars. He would do that around Geelong where he would hold on to his friend's car and like he would like... <laughs> Makes sense. Geelong's still in the 70s. Yeah. Power charge up. Yeah. But it's interesting to me. So you've got this house full of completely conflicting personalities. Yes. For them to then write down their grievances mm. and gather around a round table and mm. air them. How did that conflict resolution go? I like, think was it, it productive? Yeah. Or? That's the hardest thing in a share house, isn't it? Where it's like you've got two options. You can either address it and then like maybe there's a little bit of bitterness or you let the bitterness fester just by ignoring it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like someone drinks a cup of tea really loudly and they're being passive yeah passive share house i think is one of the worst share houses you can be 100%. yeah yeah because then people start to act out passive aggressively which yes. is almost more annoying than someone just fronting you and saying yeah. that's really annoying 100 like they're in the shower and you're pumping the hot water out here to give them a cold shower or something <laughs> but you don't know if that's what they're doing but you just you know like little mind games like that i think yeah. in a share house are bad because it's that trope that all share houses end with a combustion yes that's what yeah. people say it's like no man don't live with your friends because it'll combust yeah and i've had so many friendship groups where like what happened to the house parties they were great and they're like oh no we don't talk to those it's like yeah. what happened you 
know what I mean? Yeah. Like there are all these little things that no one talks about out loud, but in the share house, only those people know about. Yeah, it's you know? all behind closed it's quite doors. It's an intimate relationship, oh, realistically, that you're having with somebody. And we're, I'm realizing the more and more we do this podcast. Mm. Like I'm in a relationship now and the stuff I'm learning about that is pretty much parallel to living in a share house. Yes. I've got to treat it the same. You've got to treat it with the same levels of respect mm. and you've got to tiptoe in some areas mm. as well. You've got to water the plants. You've got to water the plants. <laughs> you do. Yeah. My housemate now, he's great though. Like okay. it's um like he's the best houseman I've ever had. Yeah. You know, so in, in a way, like I have Nam style flashbacks to those other share houses. <laughs> when you find a good share house, yeah. you're like, oh, and we've got a good landlord, yeah. Okay. You know, which is funny because in a way, on TikTok and then on Sunrise, I kind of became have become the the face a little bit of that rental crisis and yeah. interest rate stuff. Yeah. When I've got a great real estate agent, <laughs> a great land, they must be watching Sunrise, being like, "What the fuck is going yeah. on? We haven't put up your rent, yeah. and we give you everything you asked for. Maybe you should send him an email." T- and I'm on Sunrise, be like, "Yeah, <laughs> you dogs, everyone's yeah. vape smoking. You're the guy that's doing all of that. The perpetrator." pointing fingers at everyone else <laughs> yeah. that's what? my current affair episode like pseudo renter owns seven properties <laughs> you're just a prop bro yeah. you're a puppet being controlled by the landlords surprise surprise big media's lying to the people no way I don't indulge in alt media anymore I'm just channel seven parties that's it yeah yeah that'll, that'll get you a full time living at least <laughs> nice steady job we so to round out the Kosh episode. True, I forgot about that. We, we went everywhere, but yeah. I appreciate all of it. Um, <laughs> there was a big talking point about how the, the the old fellow from the RBA wants more people to live in homes together. Yes. We've already discussed that six people in a home is a lot. far too many. Mm. Do you have a cutoff number where it's a safe amount? I think I surprised myself on Sunrise because I didn't go with any prep. And I said, right. oh, Philip Lowe's trying to turn Shea House into backpackers. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and line. it's like... Backpacker hostels, when you stay in them, it's like you're in a 28 person dorm. Yeah. You feel it. You know, you feel mm. the the weight of the people in those rooms. Yeah. And I reckon, like, when you have seven people in a house, even if you're in different rooms, you kind of feel, you know, the weight of, I don't know, is that. No, totally relatable. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you can hear them and you also think, okay, well, then I've got to control my noise because there's another human. Yes. That isn't my person. That's yes. not my partner. Mm. Or even like, it could be your best mate, but even mm. then you still want to respect what your best mate's doing. Are they on a phone yeah. call? Yeah. You've got to respect that. I think my sweet spot's about three, because with three mm. people, you kind of know, oh, they'll be using like the kitchen at this time. Yes. The shower will kind of be used at this Three's time. perfect. Yeah. yeah. When you yeah. get to four, it's like, it's like you have no idea when the kitchen Damn. or the shower will be used. I didn't yeah. think about that, but three is the perfect number. Yeah. Because there I can be so. one person in the lounge room, one person in the yes. kitchen. One, it's like it's such a good um, you know, kind of like circle of movement. Yeah. Whereas like if you have six, <laughs> so sometimes we'd all be cooking in the kitchen. Oh, that's annoying. It's yeah. unbelievable. The kinetic energy is off the charts. Yeah, yeah the so passive right. aggression to someone with a pan being yeah. like, How are we all doing? You know? <laughs> like just shopping, like looking at someone's <laughs> one in the sink, one in the microwave, one in the oven, one on the stove. <laughs> Time you really got to divvy up the meals. No, that I mean, again, two of us in this, this is a smaller home. Two, yeah, two's great. Yeah, yeah, and mm. even that though, we oh. find we're bumping into each other. So really, six would be. Mm. Uh, and we've got one bathroom as well. Mm. Do you have one bathroom in your house at the moment? Yeah, one bathroom. Yeah. So imagine even like we have a partner each as well, and sometimes mm. both girls are over. Yeah. Then there's four. And that becomes... Yeah. How good's the partner dynamic when you're in a share house and it's like, all right, we've got three people now and then everybody gets boyfriends or girlfriends yeah. and it just doubles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or when you're the one who's yeah. not in a relationship and yeah. everybody brings their partners over. That happened to me in lockdown where I was in a share house. This is before I went to that big share house. Yeah, yeah. And 
I didn't have a partner and they got partners. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, whoa, I had that too. And all of a sudden, the sun turns into a bit of a party house. Yes. Like if your house is like the chosen one to be yeah. stayed at, or like it's got a good space to host. And, and you're in your room by yourself. And <laughs> you can like hear everything. And it's nothing lonelier than being in a share house and hearing your housemate, you know, yeah. procreate, I think. I... It's such a sad, I don't know why that's the saddest thing ever. Quick side note, yeah. the etiquette behind that thoughts, feelings, do you just not, I think you, mm. I don't address it. If I know what's happening, I'm just like, yeah. don't address it. Um, what's my housemate yeah. said when I was in a relationship, he said, like, when you do that, I meditate. And I was like, that's even worse. That's that's like, that's you gotta like bring in all the sound. <laughs> yeah. the so he's just like listening to me. He's like, like being yeah. as present as possible. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's step one of my headspace meditation app. It's listen to the noises outside and then listen to inside the body. Yeah, as listen. soon as you finish foreplay, that's when I get to the next phase. <laughs> listen, listen to TikTok of Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they're the dynamics you have to deal with in share houses. Yes. You know, that like I think um maybe not my parents lived in share houses, but my grandparents were like, you're in your family home and then you get married, you know? So yeah. in a way there's only really been two generations of share houses mm. across millennia, which is yeah. interesting. Oh, I don't think they had that. share houses like That's a great point. It always was just with your family, then you get married, you know? Yeah, it was very home. rare that I mean the first share house must have been pretty revolutionary when it's like <laughs> Yeah. We're not getting married. We're um, we're moving with three three of my boys. Maybe they took like the uni slash college dorm room idea and just applied it to yeah, houses. Yeah, that could have been That's it. A good point. I wonder what it was because I always wonder that. I read this book where it was about like a uni uh, student. It was like in the nineteen. It was around World War One. Yeah. And it was like diary esque, and uh, everyone just lived on campus. I'm like, true. Like maybe yeah. like if you were poor, you just <laughs> didn't go. Yeah, you just didn't go to uni. Yeah. No. Yeah, there's this guy on TikTok I saw that like, had a tent, and then he'd cycle to uni. Wow. But everyone made fun of him because it's like, why don't you just move the tent closer instead of cycling 20Ks? That was right. <laughs> That'd be sick, though, to be like a tent on camp. That wouldn't be sick, but it'd be an interesting dynamic in O-Week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you were tent man. You know what I mean? You know what on O-Week, you like, you got to have like a dynamic about you? Yeah, you got to have a perspective. Crowd. We haven't been to uni. <laughs> no, I, I just what? crashed O-Weeks. That's all I did. You guys <laughs> give me such like that you met at uni energy, like your friendship. I deferred three years in a row from film and television. Wow. <laughs> I spent one year at film and TV and I dropped. You didn't even do the year, bro. Don't I even try. Year. I like started second months. year and then I stopped. Yeah. Well, you don't know anything about me. What are you talking about? Do the listeners know you met on a cruise ship? Yeah, I think it's we've been spoken about. Yeah, which is pretty much the same as meeting at O Week at uni. You're just kind of. I mean, not really, but. Imagine O Week on a boat. Is How did you guys get in a cruise ship in your 20s? Like, isn't that such yeah. like a. Yeah. Well, we just followed our parents. It's bro. like you're 65. Were you on the cruise ship with your parents? Family trip. Yeah. And we met what? in a club on the dance floor and they were playing like. On the ship. Yeah. What are you talking about? Why were you on a cruise ship? <laughs> You've been to New Zealand on a boat? It's yeah, we're part of. Our parents are part of the landlord generation, bro. We're yeah, it. It's like it's like the worst people combined onto a boat. Exhibit A. I, just can't, <laughs> I can, you can't imagine you guys on the deck in like speedos on the banana yeah. lounge. No, nah, well, we, we just united. It was hot. I think we just came together with all the other kids that had just followed their parents on board. Yeah. Like we don't really have a say in it. They were just like big family that many holiday. Young people on a uh, boat. Realistically, they 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 congregate at the club. Like how old were you do. when this happened? Nineteen. I was eighteen. Yeah. yeah, eighteen, nineteen. Oh yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. yeah. 
But so you didn't just go on each solo to meet people on this cruise no. ship? No, that's what I thought. Family I thought you guys trip. had gone on a cruise ship. No, you know, you've done like the Brisbane to Melbourne cruise. No, I was staying like, in a room with mum. <laughs> <laughs> this is very young person. Yeah. Yes, yeah. dad paid for my drinks pass. Like it was yeah. on. I want to do that actually. It's dope. I've been it's offered good. to do comedy on a cruise ship and I didn't do it. Oh, it's just so because I'm like, I don't want to bomb on a cruise ship and then be at the buffet with them in the morning. No, it's you perfect. Know? Trust me. Oh, I worked really? on a cruise ship. We'll talk about this what? later. I worked on a cruise ship for. But, but just before COVID, yeah. the comics make so much money. Yeah. And not that it's an easy way to hone your comedy because it's a cruise ship audience mm. and your jokes end up becoming, instead of about the, the rental crisis in Melbourne, it's <laughs> about the buffet the other morning. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I can see myself veering into that direction. Yeah, it's really yeah. tough. It's a rough seas last night, guys. Yeah, yeah you kind of relax into a whole new world of living. Like, you say hi mm. to everyone you walk past. Yeah, so that's kind of nice. Good money. Yeah. Good money. And, and look, fun for you just to do comedy. Mm. If you want to... Like let's say you want to write a new show, mm. great time for you just to go make sure like bulk coin on a cruise, yeah, and then for maybe a month you've got time to just write intensively. Yeah, I've heard mixed reviews about it, but yeah, that's a good, yeah, yeah. something yeah. to try once, see if yeah. it works. Big, big comics have gone through. Oh, totally. Yeah, I had one question, mm. a final question to wrap us up, uh, especially about sunrise. Yes, was there anything you wanted to speak about mm. that you didn't get to because you only had what three minutes on it? Yeah, I was gonna list off like some of the stuff from my video that went viral, which I think are interesting stats. Yeah, okay, but it was good because it came across funny. Yeah, but I think it could have come across a bit more informative because in the video that I made, it was like seventy percent of Airbnbs used to be uh, long term rentals, which is like a stat that nobody thinks about. You know, right. and if you just got rid of Airbnbs, even for a year, like that's like another whatever, how many thousand dwellings wow. that people don't think about, you know? And I think that would have been interesting to speak about on like national TV. That is but I just ran out of time. Yeah. yeah. I you heard know? something about like, if you have a property that like no one's been in it for six plus months, you mm. have to pay like a tax for not having mm. people living in that house. But that relies on people dobbing themselves in. Yeah. So it's like, if you know uh. a property that's been vacant for over six months, you can dob them in to, so they can start paying tax. Cause no one's going to be like, mm. Oh, I have this tax to pay now. It's yeah. been six months. Well, there's zombie properties. Like in yeah. my, where I am, it's like, um, it's a, it's a apartment. So it's an apartment mm. block. And so across from us on our hallway, they're all empty. And the yeah. guy came to visit the other day. I'm like, oh, are you moving in? And he's like, nah, no, nah, just keeping it here. Just come by every few weeks to check it, check on it. I'm like, that's just an empty, that has to be happening a lot. What's the you know? point of that? He, lives in, he said he lived in Phillip Island. He just comes back by to check on it. And it just accrues money each year, you know? Like, it just goes up by $10,000 in its value every year. Yeah, of course. So it's like he's Why making not? 10K from it being empty. Yeah, and, and it's almost harder to have people renting these days. Yeah, in a way, yeah, people complain, you know? Yeah, because we're getting more laws that are beneficial to us yes. as, as renters but the people that are landlords I think we're going pro the, landlord again it's a pro landlord podcast now <laughs> it's becoming tougher yeah. but at the same point it's so expensive mm. that at the same point. I think in a way, like even that um, taxation is state based. So it's not like every state has different. So some states don't have a vacancy tax. So yeah. you can just have an apartment that's vacant, you right. know, and it's like, cool. You know, it doesn't do anything. When I was in America on exchange, I met a friend who was rich and his dad had done that in Australia. He bought property and he's just like, yeah, I've just got it there. I'm like, what? Like there's just empty stuff that you own. He's like, yeah, but it's accruing money. Wow. It's like there's weird little things that you could do that would make the rental crisis a lot you know, it mitigate a lot of stuff in it that yeah. people just aren't aware of. So they don't act on it, you know, politically. Yeah. I mean, I, you have a, a large brain with a lot of knowledge and thoughts. <laughs> I decide to actively bury my head in the sand. 
<laughs> but one TikTok I saw oh. the other day. Like <laughs> <laughs> where the voice of Shane yeah. living. <laughs> well, they just spoke heavily on how properties started to become a point, like a money source and an investment source. Mm. And that's when things started to heavily change. When yes. I assume when share housing started to really pick up, when people mm. realized you could buy something and then start renting it out. Mm. I think that's changed the landscape. I think that contributing with the Airbnbs, mm. that's a, like two major factors yes. to why we're in the position we're in. Well, what nobody talks about is that kind of everybody has a vested interest in property going up. No one really wants property to go down, yeah. right? Like the average politician owns 2.25 properties where the average Australian is like 0.7 properties. Wow. So if you're a politician and you're bringing house prices down, you're losing money for yourself, yeah. which is wild and nobody thinks about. You know, like Tony Burke, who's like very left, he has seven properties, which is wild, you know? So yeah. why would you pass laws that bring prices down when you're vested yeah. in the problem getting worse yeah you know that's one thing but then also if you think about it like my parents they haven't paid off their house but they have bought a house in the 90s yeah you know so it's like even though there's there's a lot of kids in my family in a way we don't want the prices to come down because no. we'll inherit this asset you yeah. know so a lot of people like we want the prices to come down but we're all kind of vested in it getting worse yeah mm, you know yeah. that's the wild mind of it you know I'd love to see the stat on how many Australians are like one degree away from property. You know, so I don't own property. My parents own a house. My parents own yeah. three houses. Because I got friends like that where like, oh, the rental crisis is terrible. But then their parents are like, I've got a friend specifically who owns, their parents own three houses. Yeah. And it's like, cool, you can complain about housing, but you know in the back of your mind when yeah. they cark it, you're going to yeah. inherit yeah. maybe $4 million worth of assets. So why yeah. would you want your future assets to come down in price? Yeah. I was at the dinner with mum and she made some sort of comment about like, oh you ever thought about buying a house in the future Joel and I'm like mum I'm literally the most likely scenario where I get a house is mm. when you die I will inherit your purchased house yes. and that's probably my best course of action on that yeah. Front. totally yeah so in a way like even if subconsciously you don't want that house to lose value yeah. so imagine if they brought house prices down to what they should be which say like $200,000 gets wiped off property how much money are people losing as part of like their future and what they think yeah. is going to happen to them yeah. like no one really wants that you yeah. know I was talking to like uh, doing a gig with Tom Ballard last night okay. and we are having a conversation because he's very involved in that yeah. and it's like even this um, Australian future housing fund where they're going to put two, sorry, $10 billion. This kind of might be a bit boring, but they're going to put $10 billion into like, essentially it's going to be like a fund, right? So it's not going directly to housing, but it goes into a fund and the fund will accrue money over years and they'll use that money to buy, you know, to buy social housing and public housing and stuff like that. And like, that's the only way they could do it in a way, you know, where it's like they need a fund to do it. They're not, they don't, they're not brave enough to just, you know, put $50 million towards new housing. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. They can't really, like, they're not going to do that. They're going to put it in a fund so that, yeah. in a way, they're almost disconnected from it, you know? Right. I think, in a way, we're a little bit you know? Well, but. For sure. I mean, like, my dad worked in real estate for years. And yeah. one of the biggest problems that he kept coming back to was that we continuously build up in suburban neighborhoods. Mm. And you'll, you'll notice, I mean, everyone has a problem with uh, people that buy property and just put apartment buildings on it. Yeah. Because it ruins the feel of a suburb. Mm. But the bigger problem is that we just don't have that infrastructure to keep building up. Mm. We're refusing to build outwards. Yeah. And micro cities aren't a thing I found in Melbourne that are popping up as much. Geelong realistically Mm. should be a thriving metropolis where (laughs) we can then keep on building out further that way. So then the Torquays of the world and all that is still near a a CBD. Yeah. 
I mean, that might happen. That's what I think will happen. It's probably just like um, Geelong will become the Philadelphia to New York. Yes. You know, it's like, I think all these regional places, but Australia gets a bigger population. Yeah. Will just become, you know, bigger cities, hopefully. Yeah. You know, it's even, I got friends who I know in America who they're just not enjoying America for reasons that I guess are obvious. And so they're coming to Australia. And so I think over the next five years, there's like 1.5 million people moving to Australia. Yeah. But the government's only putting in 30,000 houses each year. Great. So it's like, it doesn't take a NatPlan genius to work out that there's, <laughs> you know, a little bit of a, a skew, you yeah. know? And that's what they're worried about. My friend who lives in Florida, she's like, oh, what's, is it hard to get a place? I'm like, it's hard now. So I yeah. can't imagine yes. how hard mm. it's going to get. You mm. know what I mean? When there's... <laughs> You know, the supply and demand issue comes in. Yeah. So there are all these little interesting variables that I think, like, I reckon, like, my prediction on this pod is that in 12 months' time, the Airbnb, like, someone will do something about that. Interesting. I reckon there'll be a tax. I reckon there'll be a tax on it for sure. Okay. Yeah. Get Ferg back in 12 months. We'll yes, get him back in 12 months. There'll be a tourist tax for sure. <laughs> yeah. They mentioned on the project in passing, but that's interesting. It's kind of like maybe a little bit of weight talking about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, 70% of Airbnbs used to be long-term rentals, but people making as much as they would in a rent. Of course. In a day. Yeah, because what is it? 409. <laughs> yeah. so why why yeah. wouldn't you do that? Honestly. Yes. You guys wow. should do it. You know, when my house was away, I was like, dude, I'm going to Airbnb your room when you're gone. <laughs> I reckon I'll take out the fridge and then Airbnb the fridge space. Because yeah. someone can stand there. So 100%. Not you. Some of the Airbnbs I've ended up in, it's like, yeah, just a room in a house where someone is it's also terrible. just living. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Airbnbs are so bad. Yeah. yeah. Even Ruben and I were touring. He was so bad at booking Airbnbs. <laughs> so bad. He booked this Airbnb that was in like a house. It was like people coming off the methadone program. And I was like, dude, I think we're in a methadone program house. Like not throwing shade at it. I just I think that's the situation you've put us in. And he went outside and this guy was talking at like four AM, who's yelling, who's going, Yeah, fucking and Ruben went outside, he's like, Can you please be quiet? And the guy's like, Sorry mate, sorry mate, I just got out of jail. Just got out of jail yesterday, so we're having a bit of a party, we're celebrating. And Ruben's like went back and shut the door and it's like, We're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting the tent out. And I was like, we're in a halfway house, aren't we? He's like, yeah, we're in a halfway house for sure. Ruben, terrible. He's so doing? bad at booking. Even we're going on this UK. We're going to the UK where I'm yeah. opening for some shows. I'm going a week earlier trying to do some comedy clubs in London. Sure. And I was looking at the other places he's booked, and it's just like, damn. It's like Black Mirror type stuff. Where he's like, <laughs> he's so bad at booking. I'm like, I wouldn't have booked this if I was like inebriated. Yeah. And yeah. you're booking this like with full free will. You're not looking at the upside. You're making and saving so much money here. You're welcome. <laughs> we are saving a lot of money. But yeah. like, I'm like, it's like when I was in Vietnam and like we could have caught like a $50, whatever. We could have spent amount mm. of money to get a flight back from Ho Chi Minh. And yep. instead we did like a seven stopovers on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> to save 50 bucks. Yeah. And it's like sometimes just spending that 50 bucks like it. saves you. I don't know. I could dis- I think talking to Ruben after his UK <laughs> yeah. tour would be very interesting. Well, Ruben no. is good because he's dead inside. So he doesn't feel, <laughs> he doesn't feel the normal emotions of other humans. So when people are doing so, he doesn't feel it. Whereas I'm quite hyper aware of what's going on sure. in a in an environment, yeah. you know? Like we're in an Airbnb and I'm like, this dude's just sleeping on the couch and we're in his room. Like that's what's happening. You know that, right? And he's like, nah, nah, nah. And then like we go to bed and like he's on the couch. This, this guy's just putting his room as an Airbnb while he sleeps on a couch Stop to make it. money. That's ridiculous. And it's like, yeah, it's wild. So Airbnbs burn them all. To be fair, know? very rock star of you. True. 
Like yeah. Dave Grohl had that type of situation in his books, so this is great for the uh, autobiography yeah. one day. The memoir. Yeah. <laughs> Very fair. TikTok so, a renter. So if you're going to take anything home from this episode... Um, there's a lot to take there's home. There's a lot to take home. <laughs> um, we love landlords, we, but we also hate landlords. Um, try to bring in compatible people into a house rather than trying to score bingo on all the personality types. Keep going. Um, this is very impressive. Keep going. Uh, this is all I got. Yeah. I was about to handball to you, to be honest. Uh, it's great co-hosting. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> we work well. It's a crucial yeah. friendship. You've got to start investing yeah, in some. You won't get this out of uni friendships, bro. <laughs> we will have Ferg back on soon because there's a wealth of knowledge here that I'm learning too much and it's actually intimidating because I don't want to know a lot of it. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know the Airbnb statistic. I didn't even I want to hear more about the cruise ship industry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a cruise comedian in like two weeks. Oh, mate, yeah, I'll, let I'll, us know. I'll convince you very shortly. You'll just be on the boat. <laughs> but honestly, if Fergus started a share house podcast, we'd be screwed. Like that's yeah. our business gone. That's we don't actually know anything. True. I think that's the uh, the the upside we have though is we yeah. don't know anything. And, and if Sunrise, if you want to get us on, we can talk about what we don't know. <laughs> That'd yeah. be great. Only if Kosh is still in the building. But if Kosh is out, I don't want your replacement. I'm sorry. You know what? The producer might actually listen to this because she follows me. No. Yeah, click so that. Close. If you're listening, get well, these boys on Sunrise. Peter Hitchener follows me, and I don't know why Hitchy hasn't got me on. And so does Tracy Grimshaw. <laughs> because Peter Hitchener, <laughs> yeah, Tracy does Peter Hitchener hosts the news. That's yeah. why. We are viable news sources now. We know about that 70% statistic. <laughs> I'm hoping the news becomes the Daily Mail, which is like TikTok clickbait, which is like. <laughs> DJ Mikey. <laughs> we never talked about that when I was doing a gig at um, on New Year's Eve on the Hill. I was doing comedy there. Oh, we? Oh, and man. Uh, Mikey was the DJ. Yeah, I was there. I was, one, there I was the one dressed as a cowboy wow. in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. In the stand with me filming. That for, was for listeners, you saved... Because what happened is North East Party House are running late. Yeah. So they were like... It was half an hour in the crowd. Mikey mm. was going super sane. You were like me on Sunrise. <laughs> like you rose the occasion. A lot of V energy drinks. I remember that. You were panicking because you were like, I'm gonna have you to do the countdown. You it's getting us. up to Thank the countdown. Yeah. Northeast aren't here. It yeah. got too because I kept. You can see it in the snippets that I put on Instagram. Mm. Like I'm trying to keep hype, but I keep checking Dude, around the corner to see if they're on stage. Thank My you. friend who didn't know you was like, "This guy's killing it," that's and I'm so like, nice. "That's Mikey." You know when you kind of know someone, but not really. Like, yeah, that's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that's when anyone ever brings up Ruben. Have you seen this? I'm like, best friend. Ruben and I used to go to childcare, kinder together. We grew up in the same suburb. Yeah, he was a school captain in my yeah. primary school. Yeah. You got affinity with people, you know. Yeah. You don't get to know him that well. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have yeah. Ferg back on soon. That's been the share house. Be good, be kind. Uh, email us at the Shares Pod. Bloody rate us on Spotify. We still don't have a rating and it's starting to infuriate me. <laughs> to be fair, we've only reminded you once, so that's not your fault. Yeah. At uh, ShareHousePod, Instagram, yeah, TikTok, ShareHousePod at gmail.com. Send us your gripes, your stories, anything. Ferg, please plug, plug your shit. What have you got plug going on? Shit. Just, I guess, follow, listen to the Ferg Neil Show podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, watch Sunrise. I'll be back. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you're in the UK, I'm just doing Backyard Comedy Club for five nights and nice. then I'm opening for Ruben. Hell Let's yeah. go. Yeah, catch Ferg on the Carnival Splendor, sailing out of Sydney, going around <laughs> Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the share house. Make sure to tell someone you love them today. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, boys.